Hi everyone, and welcome to the 191st episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey guys. Churro, only yeah. nine more episodes until we hit 200! That's... it's going by fast, let me tell you. It is. It really is. I mean, we started... well, the podcast started all the way back in 2009. So, we're over 10 years old now, but we're almost there, almost at 200. Um, it took, took a, this long time. Yeah, right? I think, well, I think for a while it was because they, they were doing the podcast, like, monthly, like, once a month, and then we've now moved on to twice a month. And there was that one time where we were, like, doing this weird schedule It was where it was, like, um, it was us, and then Final Fantasy Union, and then they had Minigup that other podcast. So it was like once every that. like three weeks. So yeah, it was kind of a, a, a different schedule. So, but yep, yeah, now we're on twice a month and uh, that's what's got us here as fast as it's gotten us. So I'm excited. Still don't know what we're doing for that episode, but hopefully there'll be something cool. Maybe we could do it live. Might be fun. But uh, anyway, Churro, how you been? Extremely tired. Yep, as as am I. Yeah, this whole um, COVID nineteen virus is causing my work to be like soup. Everybody shopping at I, I work at Costco, so it's like Costco's just been so busy. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Is uh, yeah, it's got to be rough because especially you know Costco sells in bulk. And that's what people want to do is buy everything in bulk. Yeah. Like feeds into their anxiety. So now I'm just like, been just mentally, not really physically, just mentally and emotionally like exhausted because just having to deal with like hundreds of possibly thousands of people every, every day. Yep. That's, that's rough. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. For me, it's like, You know, I'm in the uh, Japanese school system and schools closed. So we did just have our uh, graduation ceremony for our middle school kids. We weren't sure if we were going to do it or not, but we did end up having it. And all the kids were able to be there. But there's a lot of stuff that had to be like cut back on. Like, for example, uh, there's a part, you know, during the ceremony where, you know, you hand out the diplomas. And instead of handing the diplomas out to each kid, they only handed it to, like, the class president. So they would call up the class president from each particular class of that grade and then hand them the diploma. And then they would sit down and, all right, that's that whole class of students. Like, wow. they wouldn't actually do it one by one because, you know, they're they're trying to, like, limit the amount of, like, contact that's happening. and um. I know for a lot of schools, uh, what they've decided to do is only have the graduating classes, like the actual grade that's graduating, only have them there and then their parents and that's it. Where, uh, at least for our school, I think ours is maybe small enough that we were allowed to have all the grades there. And, but uh, unfortunately, once the graduation was over, they were told to immediately go home. Where (laughs) usually... Usually after the graduation, they like go outside and like they'll like form a line and like 
walk the or, or you know kind of like cheer the graduating class as they're like walking out the building and like we have a brass band club that like they'll they'll like play some music and you know some cheery music as they're walking out so it's like it's really cute but this year nope everybody's gone it's just the teachers and we're just like you know just the few of us there yay <laughs> and yeah it was it was a little bit of a bummer but uh you know all in all for for being you know in the circumstances we are it was still a fun day and it seems like they had a good time uh we actually um so in Japan uh it's custom to, it's customary for uh the teachers or well actually I think it's usually the students that do it usually but this year they weren't there uh they'll usually like do this chalk like chalk art on the like blackboard to sort of like you know since they're not using it for studying anymore since they're all done with their schoolwork they'll like draw a big drawing on it and you know kind of like to wish them goodbye and but this year they weren't there so me and the other English teacher that was there, we decided to do a, a chalk drawing for them. And we had this like, it's like really interesting. It was like pastel chalk, but it has like a ton of different colors. And if anything, it feels more like drawing with a crayon than drawing with chalk. Like it's a very interesting texture. Like I would definitely describe it as being very waxy. And we did one of uh, the the anime uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba. I think the I think it's Demon Slayer in uh in English. So that particular anime right now that is the most popular anime, like no question. Uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba, uh, Demon Slayer. Oh okay, yeah, it's popular here too. But okay. I think the only anime that beats that is My Hero Academia right now. Yeah. So in Japan, unquestionably. Uh, Demon Slayer, way more popular, and barely anybody talks about My Hero Academia anymore. Um, and yeah, basically all the kids watch it. It's huge. The manga's huge. I think the only manga that beats it is still, you know, One Piece, but that's, of course, One Piece is always on top. So yeah, since, since all the kids like it, we decided to do a Demon Slayer, um, chalk art. I don't know if I'm allowed to post it, but. <laughs> It came out pretty good. And it's really, like, it's really interesting because, like, working with that chalk that has so many different colors, like, even just the fact of seeing all these crazy colors that you're not used to seeing on a chalkboard, it's, like, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's actually another thing that's kind of interesting with Japan is that, like, at least in all all the schools I've seen out here, like, most of them still use a traditional chalkboard. Like, at least when I was in school, even... Like, most of my classes had already switched over to whiteboards. Like, I, I don't know about you, Churro, but, like, it, I didn't see much of uh, chalkboards after I got past uh, elementary school. Like, once once I got to middle school, pretty much all my teachers had whiteboards. But, uh... Whiteboards, <clears throat> whiteboards was, like, you know, late high school for me. Yeah. Because it depends on... Because like, cause my high school was, like, ghetto, so, like, we still had chalkboards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, at least in Japan, as far as I've seen, yeah, most of them still use uh chalkboards. We got these like fancy like TV things that kind of work like a smart board. Like they they have a like a pen, 
And we mostly interact with that. And, you know, we can see like presentations and videos through that. But yeah, for the most part, um, like if the teachers want to write on the board, yeah, it's chalk still. So that's kind of an interesting cultural difference. Uh, but yeah, anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. We have a two-segment show today. First, we have a news segment, and then second, we have a question segment. What? There's news? What? Not really, but kinda. You'll see. False advertising. Look, part of this show and i'm i i think churro we're we're kind of in a different phase of the kingdom hearts union podcast than we've been in a while it's not a phase that we've never been to this is a phase we've had before but it's a different phase than we have had in a while and the phase is it's a part of the podcast where the meta of making the podcast is what's interesting because somehow churro Despite there being no news, we have a full episode today. This isn't anything protracted. This is a full-blooded, full-bodied episode, and we've got a lot to talk about somehow. And I think, you know, part of the entertainment factor for most people is probably going to be just seeing how the hell are you going to make an hour about Kingdom Hearts in this day and age where everything is out in the open and, like, we're not really waiting for much. And oh, ye of little faith, never doubt me and Churro. We can talk about anything for an hour. Yeah, we can. Anyway. So, anyway, uh, in the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. Our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Nahika Blawi, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namjin. Guide Seeker, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Chris Morales, Miles Ribbons, Michael Graham, David Calro, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Chris Pope, who's at Dr. Pope 181, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre 23, and Churro, if we could take these last ones. We have Yannick Nod, who's at y- Yannick Nod, Toy Patrick, Freya Stella, Fayez Bayali, Flipser Nuss, Lewis James, Tom Hughes, who is at Tom Hughes, Tom underscore Hughes 22, excuse me, Zach Duranto, Yam Potato, exclamation point, Rachel Casterston at Ubunyun Ray, Zelda Clone at Apes Time Novels, Darren Matthews, who's at Doomster 73, and Joseph Robertson, who is at Pokemon Trainer J. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And just as a reminder, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 spoilers are fair game. And, uh, oh yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. Let me be clear about that. Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind spoilers are fair game. Uh, and that means anything prior to that as well. Now, for our final announcement, it's a little bit of a sad one. I just want to let you guys know that, um, so, for the past year, we've had uh, Emily on the show. And, uh, unfortunately, you know, just... Recently, it's been kind of difficult for her to join, and yeah, she's decided that, unfortunately, with a heavy heart, she is going to be stepping down from Kingdom Hearts Union. Uh, it's mostly just 
a matter of logistics. It's just really hard to get her on the show. I felt like, you know, we had we always had great conversations with her and it was always a pleasure to have her. But yeah, like if we're talking uh, time zone wise, at least the time between me and her is literally 12 hours. So it, it, it gets it gets rough. And uh, yeah, so and even just the time difference between uh, you, Churro, and, and her, you know, she wasn't on the East Coast. She was Atlantic time. You know, she was in uh, Nova Scotia. So that's not a three hour difference. That's a four hour difference. And, you know, it, it just gets it gets really difficult. So totally understand. It's a shame to see her go. But, um, you know, definitely. uh had a great time having her so bye emily thank you thank you for everything emily it was nice yeah. to meet you too yeah it was great all right so uh let's move on to the news let's see if uh we actually have news so actually there is some news it's not necessarily exactly kingdom hearts news the news part but it is news so uh churro these past couple of days actually in this week we got pretty much the full uh technical briefings of what we have to expect for both the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. Uh my understanding is to some extent uh this is all related to GDC, like this is when usually the game developers conference would be going on, but unfortunately due to coronavirus all of that got canceled. So yeah, GDC, or I think GDC, I think officially GDC is postponed. I don't know it's if it's necessarily canceled yet. It's postponed supposedly in the to, towards the summer. Okay, but that might get pushed back again because, considering yeah. if, depending if the the coronavirus, you know, it, all if the it actually weakens, weakens, or and then if, or if, if it doesn't, then the ex- everything, all the shutdowns will be extended. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh there there's a lot up in the air when it comes to a lot of these events. So yeah, because of that, um that's uh that that kind of explains the timing why they're both si- sort of announcing all their stuff right now. You know, this is not them like I saw some people be like, "Oh, Xbox announced, so now Sony feels like they need to announce." Like, no, this was this was planned. This was supposed to happen at GDC. It's just that, you know, GDC was unfortunately for now postponed and that that doesn't necessarily mean that all the companies that were going to announce stuff at GDC mean that they're going to, you know, wait all the way until GDC actually happens. Like they they have a schedule to keep, so you know, they're going to announce what they need to announce. So, yeah. So, uh yeah, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X. So, uh we're not going to go too crazy in depth because, you know, this is in fact a Kingdom Hearts podcast and not not a uh, technology podcast, but I do want to talk about stuff that will have effect on Kingdom Hearts. So at least as of the release of Kingdom Hearts 3, since then, Kingdom Hearts has now become more of a multi-platform type of production. You know, back in the day, you know, when we had it on the PlayStation 2, uh, you know, it was single platform. And even then, like for a lot of, a lot of the games, yeah, they did hop onto different consoles, but usually there was only one platform per game, usually. 
So, but since Kingdom Hearts 3, now we've we've seen at least the first multi-platform release and not not just multi-platform but simultaneous multi-platform release like they release at the same time so and now uh in addition to that the xbox now has all the kingdom hearts games pretty much you know they just released uh the hd remasters are those out yet yeah they're already out. yeah yeah they they just came out this month actually yeah so they did come out so yeah, now all the Kingdom Hearts games are available. Uh, not only that, um, Kingdom Hearts 3 is available on Game Pass. Like, So a lot of people that were not exposed to Kingdom Hearts before have now been exposed to Kingdom Hearts via the Xbox. So The new yeah. uh, All-in-One collection came out uh, like four days ago, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, so yeah, everything everything's there so yeah the old excuse of well xbox doesn't have the kingdom hearts history well maybe it doesn't but it has all the games so at least it does now so i think with that that kind of opens up both of these consoles as being you know a reasonable possibility you know depending on what you're looking for in a game console so yeah i just want to talk about some of the things that are uh, similar between the two consoles and some of the things that make each console different. And uh, hopefully that'll help give you guys an idea of which one would be a good idea for you in the future. Uh, so yeah, so first, let's talk about some of the similarities. And uh, th- this is going to be especially important for Kingdom Hearts. So uh, number one thing off the top is NVMe SSDs. So SSD stands for solid state drive. So yeah, basically the whole deal with uh, solid state drives is that unlike a traditional hard drive, which has an actual physical disk inside there that has to spin up to find data, uh, solid state drives are literally just chips. Like they're chips that don't move, which is why they're called solid state. They don't move. No moving parts. Um, and, uh, yeah, since there's no moving parts, uh, the ability to find data on the actual drive happens instantaneously. And in addition to that, the bandwidth of an SSD is a lot faster, so much faster. You know, we're talking, uh, orders of magnitude. And, uh, the nice thing is since both of these consoles have it, a paradigm that they've decided on is in this particular console generation, both consoles are going to require installs to the actual SSD. So when you get the disc, when you get a Blu-ray disc that contains the game on it, which by the way, the storage medium for games when you buy it physically, still going to be Blu-ray discs. Even if you have it on that disc, you can't actually play the game off of the disc. The di- the game does have to install to the actual game solid state drive. But the benefit of this is since developers are going to know, oh, everybody has the game installed to the hard drive, then they're able to take advantage of the speed. We're talking about like not just low load times, but in many cases, the removal of load times altogether. Uh, an example they gave is when loading, when first initially loading a game into memory, you know, when you have a complete blank slate and you have to load a lot of the game into memory. So the PlayStation 4, for example, had six gigabytes of RAM allotted for video games to use. 
So to fill that up, each single gigabyte, just one gigabyte of data to load that into memory takes 20 seconds, minimum, 20 seconds. So to get to a full six gigs, you're talking a minute, a minute load time. Well, doesn't that sound familiar? You know, every time you want to load up Grand Theft Auto or, uh, you know, Red Dead Redemption on a cold boot, that's about how long it takes is about a minute because it's going from having nothing in RAM, having nothing in, in, in the memory at all to having to fill it up to full. So on uh on PlayStation 4 at least the the uh read speed on the drives is such that they can fill a full gigabyte within half a second. So every second you're getting about 2 gigs of data. So uh you know, we're talking about maybe 8 seconds to fill I think they have like like 12, 12 gigs that might be allotted to games. Like it's a lot. So and not only that, so once you've got that initial load time done, they're talking about, well, wouldn't it be nice if, you know, when you're turning around, they're constantly, like, changing all the data that's in RAM. Like, they can change, you know, in the time that it takes you to rotate your camera, they could change out four gigabytes worth of data. Like, that's what they're talking about. It's, like, really crazy stuff. Uh, another thing that this could affect is not just the... Uh, load times but also how they have to design the worlds i know churro for you recently you've been playing uh uncharted yeah so this is act there's this is actually a problem that the uncharted team had is the fact that when they have to design their levels they were designing their levels specifically around how slow it takes to load stuff into memory on the ps3 and on the ps4 and uh, an example would be like any time that you have to like do one of those like crawling segments, like you'll be up against a wall and like sliding against a wall, and it like it takes a while for you to get to the next part of the the level. That is a load screen that they're hiding. That's oh, really? literally what that is. And if you've ever noticed that being in a lot of games, like for example, Final Fantasy fifteen, like famously had so many parts like that. Like remember in the uh, episode Disguise demo where uh, Dead Eye the Behemoth. He was like walking over you and you're like crawling through that little tunnel. That's a load screen, technically speaking. Like you're st- there's still gameplay involved there. But the purpose of that is to allow the game to know for a fact that you can't see the open world anymore. So that allows them to know that, OK, he can't see this, 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 this and this. OK, I can load all that crap out and then start loading in the area that you are actually going to see. It was the same thing in the cave in that demo. There was that one part where it was like that really thin rock wall area that he was like crawling through. Same thing. So all of those are specifically designed around the limitations of the PS4 and how slow it has to read off of the hard drive or off the Blu-ray, which it's about the same. So yeah, that, so so basically they're talking about stuff like that. And now the fact that both the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, they're both going to have this upgrade to them, the fact that they're going to have these really fast SSD drives, that's going to make the possibility of making large worlds where you can see for far distances and they don't have to worry about making these like awkward, obvious choke points so you can slow down your movement so they can load in more data. They don't have to do that anymore. 
So it's like, I would say probably the biggest upgrade of this generation is the drives, is the solid state drives. Now, moving on from there, the next big uh, addition that both of these consoles have is hardware accelerated ray tracing. I won't go in too deep in the weeds on this, but basically it just allows them to do a special type of math that is good for generating CG quality lighting, CG quality special effects, and a lot of other uh, other things as well. It's not just a lighting thing. Most people say it's a lighting thing. Um, Currently, if you see ray tracing used in games, you're going to see it used for uh, something called global illumination, which is part of lighting, uh, reflections, and you can get perfect real reflections with ray tracing, absolutely. And then finally, shadows. So those are the three that you're going to see right now a lot of. Ray tracing can do a lot more as well. Those are just the three that are like the most applicable because that's how film, how CG movies use how CG movies use ray tracing. But it can use it can be used for anything. Uh, so yeah, those are the two main things that are similar between the two consoles. Now, to get into some of the differences, uh, Xbox Series X has a faster GPU and has more compute units. So basically, it's bigger and stronger than the PS5 in terms of its uh, number crunching power. Uh, The PlayStation 5 GPU, though, does have a GPU that can dynamically adjust how fast it is able to run as it's running through uh, games. So uh, basically, if you get to a special or or if you get to a certain point where, you know, a lot of there's a lot of enemies on screen or a lot of crazy special effects or you maybe you're in a really crazy real time cutscene and they need more GPU power, the the developer can call on the GPU to get faster if it needs to. The Xbox Series X, on the other hand, they're taking a different approach and Microsoft is very specific that they are deciding to do this approach instead they're going to have one clock speed for the gpu and it's going to stay that way always so we'll we'll have to see how that's going to pan out so basically xbox series x it's stronger than the ps4 but always and it stays that specific state wherever it is you know no matter where where you are in a game the playstation 5 can get faster than the Xbox Series X if it needs to, but it's hard to see exactly how that's going to play out in practice. One thing that is nice, though, that uh, they did mention about the way the PlayStation 5 does that kind of boost mode thing is that it's up to the developer to decide exactly how that is implemented. So they're able to make it so that everybody's experience is the same. So there won't be some consoles that'll be faster than others. They can decide when when that boost ramps up and when it doesn't. And uh, I guess the other big difference is that actually the PlayStation 5 has the faster solid-state drive of the two consoles. So uh, it is actually possible that uh, PlayStation 5 may have faster load times uh, than the two. So that's a lot of information. I'll boil it down to this big new things that both of them have are NVMe SSDs, solid state drives. That means fast, really fast load times and much bigger worlds. 
It also means that since both consoles have it, you can expect that from both from multi-platform games like Kingdom Hearts. Uh, the kind of unfortunate side effect of Kingdom Hearts being a multi-platform game is what what we would call developing for the lowest common denominator. So that means that any features that both consoles have, then Kingdom Hearts can use them. But if both consoles don't have the feature, it's kind of not worth it for Square Enix to bother developing for it. Uh, I would say kind of a simple example of this is in the controllers of the PlayStation 4 and then the Xbox One. So uh, on the PlayStation 4, the PlayStation 4 is the only one to have that touchpad. So how many third-party games do you ever see use the touchpad? Barely any third-party games use the touchpad at all. It's like pretty much just Sony games, and even then, like, even they barely use it. So that's one example. Another example is on the Xbox. I just actually just noticed it yesterday because it's been so long since I've experienced it. But this is a third-party game that used it, though. Um, the Xbox One, the the triggers in the console actually have vibration motors. So, like, in, in driving games, like, it, or in certain driving games, like, if you, like, accelerate, like, it'll, like, vibrate the the motor that's actually in the acceleration one. And then if you brake, it'll vibrate the one in the braking uh, trigger. So it's like, it's designed for that. And also for shooters, like I was playing Grand Theft Auto 5 yesterday. I'm like, oh, right. I forgot the Xbox had this feature because you never see that in a lot of games because the PS4 doesn't have that. So unless the developer is really thinking about specifically the Xbox version of the game, the things that are exclusive to that particular console just aren't going to show up. So I think it's good to, you know, to keep that stuff in mind, you know, Kingdom Hearts as a Kingdom Hearts fan, like all these differences, you know, one console may sound to you like it's just head and shoulders way far away of the other one. Like for example, the PlayStation five solid state drive is about double the speed of the Xbox series X drive. But because the Xbox Series X drive is about half the speed, that means that for one of the versions of Kingdom Hearts, because that one's slower, they can't focus or they can't rely on the fact that the PS5's drive so fast because they're not going to only release it on the PS5. They have to develop it for the lowest common denominator involved. So, you know, while you know, the PlayStation 5 may be head and shoulders above it in terms of solid state drive or while the Xbox Series X has a much faster GPU or whatever, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that's going to play too much of a role in Kingdom Hearts 3. So I guess the the main things you, you can count on are the stuff that are actually the same between the two particular consoles, the NVMe SSDs and then the hardware accelerated race tracing. Those are the two main big features that are definitely in both of them. So I guess now we can talk about like what our general recommendations are for the consoles right now. I would say for me personally, Churro, like, you know, old habits die hard. And Square Enix, at the end of the day, they're still a Japanese company. And I think they have a much better relationship with Microsoft than they do with Sony. 
And, you know, we just have to look at what happened with uh, Kingdom Hearts Remind. Like, that released a full month early on PlayStation. So, at least, at least for me, like, I'm not saying necessarily buy the PlayStation 5 at launch, but I would say, as a Kingdom Hearts fan, just gut feeling, I feel like it's probably a safer bet to go for PlayStation 5. Or at least go PlayStation 5 first, if you're going to buy both. That's what I think that's what most people do. Yeah. I mean, I have only have a few friends that are like, you know, Microsoft loyalists. So it's like, yeah. you know, and even they started to really get concerned about buying Xbox in the next generation because of, you know, yeah. exclusives and, you know, you know yep. actual good games coming out. And then, or like, you know, Sony's back then it used to be all microsoft would be have yep. all the timed exclusives and then but then sony would only right have, and the sony would during have the, the the 360 generation that happened a lot yeah and then now it's like you know yeah sony dabbling into timed exclusives now you know in addition to console exclusive games too as well exactly leaving, kind of leaving microsoft in the dust about that but now they you know supposedly you know microsoft is starting trying to you know they're utilizing their Game Pass, yep. you know, which is something that's better than PS Now, you know, over... It's basically Microsoft trying to another, find another route when it comes to that stuff. And, you know, that's a good point that you bring up. And it kind of, like, it makes me think that, at least the way that I'm seeing it, is that I think Microsoft, they're, they are taking this in a different direction. And I think their different direction is less about new games and more about games that already exist. Because the other thing that Microsoft is really strong on is backwards compatibility. I was hearing something like for PlayStation 5, while yes, uh, it is going to support backwards compatibility for PlayStation 4 games, at launch, it's going to be something like 2.5% of the library is going to be back from day one. And on the other hand, with Xbox... They're a lot more hands-on and like most of the library is available. And not only that, they're very strong and very like focused on making sure backwards compatibility does not require new effort from the original developer. And that's not the case with Sony. Sony requires a lot of effort from the de- the original developers of the game and a lot of cooperation for them to get their games uh back compat friendly whereas with microsoft they're taking a different approach where they're focusing on like automatically update up upping the resolution on games regardless of what the developer does so uh they're they're talking things like you know 8k 8k resolution on like an original xbox game like that that's crazy like an 8k resolution xbox even if you don't have an 8k screen that's going to make the image look so clean. You are not going to notice a single jagged edge at all. Like they'll be gone with 8K. And like, yeah, maybe you'll never run the newest Halo game at 8K, but you could probably run the first Halo game at 8K at, you know, maybe 120 frames per second because the Xbox supports up to 120 FPS. So I don't know, at least the way that I'm seeing it, long term is that maybe when i get an xbox i'm not necessarily getting it for the games that are brand new i'm 
probably getting it for things like Game Pass. You know, the you know, Microsoft completely blows Sony out of the water when it comes to services. Like it just seems like Sony doesn't get it. Like like remember the the whole deal with um you know, moving from PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4. Remember all those games that you bought on PSN? Like I bought every single of the PlayStation Final Fantasies. I got 7, 8 and 9 and none of those. I could play none of them on PlayStation 4. I still don't understand why. And they re-released 7. They re-released Final Fantasy 7 for PlayStation 4 and my purchase doesn't carry over. I'd have to rebuy it if I really wanted to play the original Final Fantasy 7 again on my PlayStation 4. Like just the I don't know, it just seems so short-sighted uh, on Sony's part not thinking about you know the customer whereas Xbox on the other hand they're thinking you know, even in the future for the stuff like that, like for example, with uh, cyberpunk, uh, they have a new feature that allows people that buy cyberpunk 2077, if they buy it on Xbox one, they can get the Xbox series X version later for free. Like that's a service that Microsoft is allowing for Sony. Yeah. Sony hasn't said nothing about that. They've said nothing and I don't expect them to. So, like in terms of like services and like being good to the customer and I would also say like like playing older games I would say Xbox way better much better product as far as it seems now and Sony is more like playing catch up but on the other hand for newer titles it seems like Sony might have a slight edge because they've got better relationships. Uh, well, it depends on what games you like. If you like more Western games, then it's kind of a toss-up. If, you, if you're like me and you like more Japanese games usually, then I would say, yeah, Sony's got the better relationships with the Japanese developers, it would seem. So, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. So, yeah, ultimately, you know, I, I'm, with, I'm with you, Chura. I'm saying, like, probably, you know, if you're looking for a next-gen console you're probably looking forward to it for the purpose of playing next gen games. So in that sense, like, yeah, PlayStation five makes sense. But if you're looking at it for, you know, something that you can play older games on, maybe even having it look, having those old games look really good on your new TV, then yeah, I would say probably Xbox is probably better for that then. So yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up that part of the discussion. Uh, and then this uh, brings us to our next part of this segment, which is the Kingdom Hearts 1 18th anniversary. Really? Will be, yeah, will be March 28th, 2020. Churro, it's already Kingdom Hearts. Is, is It's legal. It Sora is legal. Sora is 18 years old. He's 18. Pretty much. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's been 18 years already. Crazy. It's that time of year again. So I wanted to just do real quick. I uh, wanted to ask two kind of diagnostic questions that I feel, you know, kind of fit in well with the topic of an anniversary. First question. What parts of the series do you love more now more than ever basically what parts of the series have gotten better as the series have gone as the series has gone on 
Are we talking like gameplay wise? It could be the games. It could be uh, stuff around the games. Maybe how they talk to us. Uh, you know, the fact that we have social media now. The fact that we actually get trailers. Uh, it could be the community. It could be anything. Anything related to Kingdom Hearts that's better now than it's been in the past. Uh, I just gotta say the the presentation wise, like the way we get news. Like back oh, yeah. then, back yeah, that's improved so much. I remember back then, me and you, Brandon. Yep. We had to scour through like Korean and Japanese forums. Yeah. Just for any bit of news or screenshots, pictures, trailer recordings. Like and it was game show. it was rough because especially like on some of those Japanese sites, like you don't know exactly what you're reading at first, and then you have to take it to Google Translate. And Google Translate was a lot worse back then. It's not using, as was, good as it was, was now. Battlefish or Alta yeah. Vista. <laughs> it was rough, and you know it, it was like digging through the dirt, and like it's not clear because a lot of these forums, especially the Japanese ones, like it's not clear. What's legit? What's a joke? What's uh? What's a hoax? You know, clicking on images, and then you're sent to like these weird porn sites, and then it finally takes you to the image after that later, and then like, and then it turns out to be nothing. And then when it does turn out to be something, then it's like a scrambling race to try to translate anything and then post the pictures. Yeah, it was it was a nightmare. But now it's like everything can be done, but the you know few clicks, yep, and a post, and then you know, and we usually now, get trailers. We usually get trailers even before events happen. Yeah. Sometimes they don't. You know, the Square Enix doesn't have to rely on events anymore. They can do it yeah. on their own free will. They absolutely could. So, yeah, I would definitely agree that that's definitely a lot better. I mean, obviously, like. You know, just talking game wise a little bit, obviously things are a lot more beautiful finally. Um, you know, graphically, finally, after so many years, just last year we got Kingdom Hearts 3. And I would say that's probably like the first real, like, graphical leap that the series has ever taken. Like, there was, uh, there were step backs, like with Chain of Memories going back to 2D with sprites. But now we've finally taken a full leap forward after all these years into actual, like, really high-end graphics. Um, And on top of that, now uh, we actually get to go to movies based on Disney movies that have, uh, you know, the CG movies, worlds. You know, in the past, it was always just the 2D movies, but now we also have CG movies as well. I'm actually surprised that it took this long because, like, we've had movies based on live-action movies. We've had worlds based on live action movies and it, it took all the way to Kingdom Hearts three to finally get, you know, Toy Story and uh all those, but you know, we finally have that. I would say um another big thing, uh something I just got to experience last year is the fact that now we actually have Kingdom Hearts concerts. Oh yeah. Cause back in the day, like we're lucky to get the Final Fantasy concerts, if anything. And then now, like, yeah, we've got not just Kingdom Hearts concerts, but a world tour. And it's like we're already in, like, you know, our uh, third version of the concert. So that's that's awesome. And, like, I can only imagine that we'll probably get it more in the future as well. I, I get now that, you know, it doesn't make sense to do it. And, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake takes 
precedent, but you know, I expect that we'll get more Kingdom Hearts concerts. Like from all accounts, it seems like they were very successful. Pretty much every concert that I've ever seen for Kingdom Hearts, like they seem like they pretty much have sold out shows every time. So seems like a good time. So uh, yeah, I, I think that's pretty much uh, everything for that particular question. So now let's go to the darker side of this. Always, uh, if you have the light, you gotta have the dark. So what parts of the series do you think have not aged so gracefully? And what parts of the series do you think were better uh, in the past and maybe have gotten worse over the years? We'll say. I mean, it's obvious that like the older games, you know, gameplay style obviously has not aged. Yeah, yeah, unless, that's true. unless you're Kingdom Hearts two. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kingdom Hearts two is like a fine wine; it only gets better. Yeah, I, I would definitely say like, uh, you know, going back that that's one thing that is harder as the years go on is going back to some of the older games like Kingdom Hearts one and chain of memories and it's harder to play those games you know than than it was back in the past you know when they originally first came out and you know we had no context of anything else so yeah i definitely agree with you there i'd also say that uh you know there's just like uh like I do like the the fact that we do get a lot of news these days that is nice but I kind of feel like the news we do get is like more dangerous now than it's ever been um because in these days I feel like things like leaks and you know things you know spoilers tend to come out a lot sooner than they have in the past like you know, we had that whole situation with Kingdom Hearts, the the game actually getting, being stolen and, uh, you know, early copies being sold off and people, you know, really going in depth and spo- trying to spoil everything, you know, a full month in advance. Like, that's crazy. So just like conceptually speaking like that, that to me has uh, is something I would describe as being worse and something that has been getting worse you know back in back in like the earlier days of the king of hearts community like we we i I don't even think i remember any leaks of any kingdom hearts games or any leaks at all really um chain of memories oh there was yeah chain of memories yeah (laughs) that one that one that That one one game I, I, i can't remember how he uh Pete ended up having an early copy of the English version when the Japanese version wasn't even out. Yeah, yet. it wasn't even barely out yet, yeah. Yeah, I I still don't know exactly the details of that. All I know is somebody contacted him saying, "Hey, I have it." And but unlike, you know, this this guy that had uh, early copies of 3, it wasn't like, "Hey, I have it. Let's sell it to whoever wants me to buy it." It was more like, hey, I have it. I'll show you some early parts of the game, like stuff that's not going to like ruin the game. Because all the stuff that Pete posted about Chain of Memories, it was really basic stuff. Like he posted the opening movie, 
which isn't spoilers. And he posted a couple of screenshots of the game in English from yeah. Traverse Town and the early parts of the game. So, you know, unlike now where it's like, here's the ending or here's like, here's like every world and all the bosses and all that stuff, which, yeah, that just goes to, you know, ruin the experience for other people. So I'd say definitely that side of it, that side of like social media definitely is less than ideal in my opinion. But I guess to, to, to wrap this up, I, I would, you know, like to ask you, Churro, you know, on the whole though, do you think the Kingdom Hearts series is better now than it was in the past? Do you think it hasn't changed or, or, or it hasn't necessarily gotten better or worse and it's just di- different than it was in the past? How do you feel about it? Yeah, it's gotten better. I mean, like yeah, I would, Kingdom I would Hearts back so then was, was so niche. Yeah, it definitely you know, it was. Like, one of the biggest things I remember the community talking about was that they could never find another Kingdom Hearts fan. Yep. Now, so true. Now you could find Kingdom Hearts fans like almost anywhere. Like yep. you can you can mention Kingdom Hearts or wear a Kingdom Hearts shirt or any yep. type of clothing or cosplay and somebody would recognize it as Kingdom Hearts. Like Yep. You know, and and not only that, you know, community was like, you know, so far, you know, and wide with each other. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't know if there's a Kingdom Hearts fan near you, if anything. And, like, I remember one time I went to Disneyland and I was wearing my, you know, my own churro hat that I have. And some some uh, staff member was like, it's like, hey, what's up, churro? I was like, yo, he's like, like and the, the first thing came out of his mouth was, I appreciate the things you've done for us, for the community. You know, keep it up, man. Thank you. That's so awesome. And it's like, you know, you wouldn't hear those type of compliments or type yeah. of things back in the day. No way. Because, you know, Kingdom Hearts fans were just so far apart from each other. Now it's like, I can get a random, just have a random person just know who you are. Yep. You know, and, you know, so it's like, and the, or even, hell, even when I go to Disneyland with Kingdom Hearts merchandise on, you know, you see staff members and or employees, you know, cast members, they call them, just, you know, point at your shirt and say, hey, I love Kingdom Hearts. You know, I wish they would do more in Disney, you know, in the parks, too, you know. So it's like, you know, it, it's it's improved a lot, you know. It's, you know, you have Kingdom Hearts in mainstream, you know, stuff now. You know, it's it's so nice to see this, you know, series evolve into the next yeah. step now. Now it's just... You know, we've always been waiting on Disney to do more with it. To, you know, it's in, it's always the ball has always been in their court. Yeah, but they're always been slow to dribble out. But no, I would definitely say like now more than ever, they've definitely been doing more than they have oh, in yeah. the past. Of course, oh more, it's definitely more. Yeah, but you know, it's just that they could they could easily. I mean, it's a double edged sword because they can easily run it to the ground. Yeah, you know? true. But, you know, at this pace, you know, it's better than nothing. Yeah, I would say, yeah, so far, I'm I'm definitely pleased. Yeah, it's slow, but I'm definitely happy with the, like, support they've been giving them. And not just, like, outside, and, and, and not just in, like, marketing-wise, but also, you know, with Kingdom Hearts 3, a lot in the development of the game. Like, they definitely helped a lot in the development of a lot of these worlds, because, like, since a lot of these worlds that they're covering are based on CG movies. 
like that directly relates to the kind of content that's being created for a video game 3d models you know animations uh voiceover if they need it like you know whatever you need they can help you but in the case of back in the day when they were doing the 2d movies like there's really nothing that disney could help them with other than giving them access to the uh, original concept art from the movies which as far as i know they did provide for them but there's really not much they can do beyond that other than give advice and like you know give guidance but in the case of the 3d movies like we saw in the case of uh of arendale like straight up let it go was in kingdom hearts 3 like with and it wasn't the exact original version from the movie like square remade let it go based on the animation data from disney but they re-rendered it and recreated it and inserted kingdom hearts characters and animated them to fit in and you know you have places like uh in kingdom of corona the actual part that is the kingdom itself like those 3d models like those were straight from the movie that you know obviously adapted to be used in a real-time game engine but those came from the movie and the rapunzel's tower as well like obviously that was very clearly uh, donated to them like that's so nice that disney was able to help them out with like that that's stuff that would have been impossible like how would they do that for lion king they can't like they could give you a picture of pride rock but if you see the movie you got the picture you know there's not much they could help what uh development wise but now these days absolutely they can help and uh yeah i can only imagine that going forward and uh even with uh like live action movies like live action movies that disney do like the marvel movies all of those characters have uh cg versions of them because they use them for stunts and special effects like there's a lot of stunts that are just impossible and like if you take a movie like uh iron man like Iron Man, the Iron Man suit is a CG suit. That's not a real suit anymore. It was in the first movie. It was not after that. And so if they ever wanted to do like an Iron Man world or, you know, something with uh, Captain America or whatever, or the Hulk, like those those exist as 3D models. So they could totally help with that. So yeah, there's just so much that I think has improved over the years. I totally agree, Cher. I would say on the whole, you know, the benefits definitely outweigh, you know, the negative parts. And I would say the Kingdom Hearts community and the series has just grown and gotten so much better. And yeah, I can't imagine it being any other way now. So yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up that. Let's go on to the question segment, cover some of these. So our first question comes from William Moore, and they ask, if Kingdom Hearts was made into a movie, what story would it cover and how would you fit it all into two hours? It'd probably cover um, probably the just, original Kingdom Hearts game, but probably yeah. modified to try to fit within the two hour frame. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, for let's take another, like, uh, let's, let's take the, the graphic novel Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yep. Like, That's six that, books. Uh, six books, but the thing is, is that the movie came out right as the sixth book was being released, so they yep. had to change, like the ending of the movie, so that it yep. wouldn't spoil the book. Yeah. So, um, 
in this point in time, they would have to, you know, for example, you know, you had, you know, the seven evil exes, and you had to like rush every single one so they could fit yeah. within a movie frame. So like for this, for this, it's probably going to be more about rushing everything within to fit, you know, to fit in within this time frame. So yeah. they probably have to cut certain amount of worlds. Maybe instead of visiting like ten or eleven worlds, we'll probably be down to two or three worlds. Well, I think for you know, if we're talking Kingdom Hearts one, I think it's pretty safe to say they'll probably cut Tarzan because that's always that's that's been having problems on the whole on getting that involved. But yeah, I, I think for, I think you bring sure. up yeah, I think you bring up a good movie because I think Scott Pilgrim it has like the sim like a similar you know issue where it's got to cover like a lot of different areas and a lot of different characters and keep it going and. I would say the way they were handling the X's in that movie, that's probably how they would be handling the Disney worlds is like, they'll probably have like, like a very short version of whatever happens in the Disney world. And then mostly focus on the stuff outside the Disney worlds. Oh, I'll probably cut to like in, you know, in the middle of something happening and then, yeah. And then they're, they're, they're coming right to the point where they figure out what's wrong with the world, you know, what's going on in the world. And then they face the boss and then defeat the boss and then move on. Yeah. I'd also say like, you know, if you just look at, for example, like the opening movie of Kingdom Hearts 2 or the opening movie of Kingdom Hearts 3, like it's definitely possible to run through the main points of the Kingdom Hearts 1 story very fast. Like, oh yeah, the Kingdom Hearts one, the Kingdom Hearts two opening does it, you know, and and it also splits it between talking about Chain of Memory stuff in the same opening movie, and it does it real fast. Like the transition from Destiny Islands to instantly landing into Hollow Bastion, that shows you how fast they can go if they really want to. So I would say honestly, they would probably speed up a lot of the Disney stuff, especially since like. It's not like you'd be adapting, like in the case of Kingdom Hearts as a video game, adapting Aladdin that's a movie to being Aladdin in a video game. That's interesting. So, you know, you get to play as Aladdin. That's that's something fun that you can do. But seeing just another version of Aladdin as a movie that's that to me is not as important so if they need to skip through that more i think it's fine you know wreck it ralph had the uh disney princesses in the second one so maybe it'll be kind of similar to that where it's just like a you know a scene and then they get through it so yeah uh, i'm with you churro king of hearts one uh i guess like if they wanted to be if you want to take the you know, the question in a crazier sense than, you know, if you want to think about like covering all, could you imagine trying to cover all of Kingdom Hearts 1 through Kingdom Hearts 3 in a single two hour block? They it wouldn't. That's it's impossible. It's off, that's why it's better off as a like a mini series on Netflix. Yeah, or, maybe a TV or, series. Or like, because each movie, if you want everything, to, if you want the whole plot to fit in, yeah, you would have to probably break it into two or three parts per yep. like title. Pretty much, yeah. That would be that would be a rough one. I I don't even know. Like you'd have to basically cover all of Kingdom Hearts. It would basically be like as long as it is in the Kingdom Hearts two opening movie, <laughs> about a, about a minute or two. That's that's about how much time you have to get through Kingdom Hearts one stuff. 
before you have to start introducing Xehanort. Like, and like so much of the plot of Kingdom Hearts 3 revolves around finding the birth by sleep trio, like their story would have to be in there somehow. Like, I just can't, I can't imagine. I know Scott Pilgrim did a very good job at like shoving like six books worth of content into a movie, but man, I just can't see that with Kingdom Hearts. It's too crazy. Uh, all right, so Churro, if you could take this next one. Yes, this is from Bryce Horton, and they write, After Kingdom Hearts 2, the Kingdom Hearts series were, was regulated to handheld games. What about the series was not worth pursuing during the PS3 generation? Would you have wanted to see Breath by Sleep on PlayStation 3 instead? Uh, So, yes. A- after Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, the Kingdom Hearts series was mostly, you know, turned into a handheld game series for the, you know, for a while there, you know, we're talking a span of from, uh, twenty uh, 2000. Yeah. Basically from 2006 until 2013, we did not really get any console games. I mean, in the West, we got, uh, chain of, uh, rechain of memories, but that's not really a full console game. You know, it was really just something that was uh, extra included with uh, two final mix. But other than that, it was like pretty much just handheld games for a while, uh, namely four, you know, uh, Coded and uh, 358 over two, Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance. So uh, basically, yeah, the, the PlayStation 3 generation, it was just such a complicated generation to develop for. And it's not just the Kingdom Hearts series that was affected by this. Everything was affected by this. Every Japanese developer was hit hard during that generation just because of how difficult it was to develop stuff for. And really, only the most AAA of AAA studios could be successful in that particular generation. Uh, that's why we've seen such a comeback in the in the PlayStation 4 generation. And actually, uh, during the PlayStation 5 talk, uh, Mark Cerny specifically talked about how long it takes to get going uh on these consoles and he basically mentioned that the PlayStation 3 it was about a 12 month cycle before you could get anything kind of usable on the PS3 you know if you're just starting as a developer uh and then he said that with PlayStation 4 that time was shortened to about 1 to 2 months and now with PlayStation 5 that time has been shortened down to less than a month it takes less than a month to be uh, to get your stuff usable on PlayStation Five, so thankfully that that won't be a case anymore. But getting back to the question, yeah, why wasn't the series worth pursuing on the PlayStation Three generation? Well, it was just that it was such a you know a difficult time. You know, they're just trying to mitigate risk, and you know, is Kingdom Hearts Three in two thousand six is that a risky venture? No, not really, but you know, if you look at the games that they were focusing on for PS3, it was basically Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy 13 versus 13. They had two big titles that they were promising at the very beginning. And then the reality of development hit for them. And it basically became that we can't focus on anything that isn't, you know, proven. And that's why they focus so hard on Final Fantasy 13. Uh, you know, like I said, it's it wasn't just Kingdom Hearts that was scary to do in that generation. Everything was. That's why Dragon Quest Nine is a DS game. 
even though Dragon Quest VIII was a fairly successful PlayStation 2 game, they just did not bring that series forward because they just weren't confident that it would do so well. And at the very least, it, you know, development would have been so difficult. You know, the, the advent of third-party engines and all of that just makes all those games a lot more likely now. But, you know, hypothetically speaking, if the PlayStation 4 was as hard to develop on as the PlayStation 3, I don't think we would have gotten Kingdom Hearts 3 the way we got it. I think it probably would have ended up being like a handheld game or a mobile game for all we know. So, uh, and then, yeah, I guess for the the last part of the question, would I, would I have wanted to see birth by sleep as a PlayStation three game? Yeah. Uh, I think that'd be pretty interesting. Like it would be neat to see what a kingdom hearts game would have looked like in that art style. You know, it was kind of a, I don't know. I, I really like the look of, you know, what we saw of Versus 13, and I really like the look of what we saw with Final Fantasy 13, the original Final Fantasy 13, not the games after. Those kind of well, took my, a nosedive. My, my question is always, will they, will they use that same engine as Versus 13 and 13? I guess, like, theoretically, like, remember back in those old interviews, like, Nomura even mentioned, like, oh, yeah, Versus 13, this is going to be the game that we work on first, and then once this is out, you know, we'll work on Kingdom Hearts 3 after, and then all the all the stuff we learn about for this game, we'll use it for Kingdom Hearts, you know, the next Kingdom Hearts. So, I'm assuming it would be, it would have been based on the technology from Versus 13, because everything that we saw of it, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that was like straight up felt like Kingdom Hearts, like the battle, the command menu, for example. It was like straight out of Kingdom Hearts, pretty much. So I guess if it was going to look like any game, it probably would have looked maybe closer to what Versus 13 was looking like. But yeah, it's 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 hard to say. Do I think it would have been a good game? Sure, probably. For that time period, yeah. Yeah, for the time period. And then on top of that, like, you know, just remember, like, the Kingdom Hearts 2 team was the team that was making Versus 13. So hypothetically speaking, let's say the development for Final Fantasy 13, you know, we live in a we would live in a universe where Final Fantasy 13 development was not hell and just somehow managed to work miraculously. And then the that means that the kingdom hearts 2 team that was working on versus 13 they would have never been bothered and let's say also hypothetically that that development also didn't go out didn't go off without a hitch and let's say that went well and then okay then next is it probably would have been either whatever birth by sleep was then or kingdom hearts 3 on the playstation 3 like and it probably just would have taken that technology further i mean there's other uh, stylized games that you can look at on the console. I think it, it probably would have looked maybe a little closer to what uh, regular Final Fantasy 13 looks like, more so than um, Versus 13. Versus 13 was a little bit darker, but I think it would have looked looked quite good. And I think like if they would have covered the CG movie worlds, I, I'm pretty confident that they would have looked pretty good. Obviously not as good as what they do now with uh with Unreal Engine, but you know, pretty good. It's it's hard to speculate on this because you know we you know it's a very big what if, and unfortunately there just wasn't enough released in that generation really to compare it to. But 
Um, yeah, it would have been nice, but unfortunately, it was just the reality of it was a really difficult console generation, and the and there was so much focus on the Fabula Nova Crystallis thing that it just got pushed to the wayside. A lot of big franchises got put pushed to the wayside for Fabula Nova Crystallis. It was not just Kingdom Hearts. So, all right, and uh, I, yeah, I guess we'll move on to the last question. This one comes from Thomas Steiner, and they ask, uh, what behind-the-scenes Kingdom Hearts questions do you wish you could ask? For me, I'd love to find out what the Kingdom Hearts 3 staff reaction was to the ending of Kingdom Hearts 3. Hmm. That's actually a good question. I would actually love to see what their reaction. Yeah, was. I would. I just. I would actually love to see the voice actors' reaction. Right. You know, I. I would say like because it's always neat to hear these type of questions being asked and then to see their answer. Yep. You know, like since especially they're yeah, the ones reading it's, it's off the script. It's, I'm sure Nomura was always fine with it because he's a glutton for punishment. But yeah, for everybody else involved, like man, could you imagine? Yeah, because because remember in an interview before K three's release, Nomura been made a big deal about how the theme of Kingdom Hearts three is like being moving on. Yep. You know, it feels something similar to like moving on from something from so long, and yep. you know, and all that, and um, and then you didn't, then we all saw the ending, and we saw what he meant by that, but it's like, huh, I kind of wonder what it meant for the voice actors to you know, yeah. Kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the um that one interview. I think I think it was straight from Nomura where he talked about the timing in the Kingdom Hearts 2 ending of how long Sora's hand should be on Kyrie's hand when he hands over the uh Oath Oathkeeper pendant and how he kept wanting to make it shorter and shorter so it's not on screen for too long of them holding hands. So and then the staff like complaining and saying that he was heartless for for doing that. It kind of reminds me of that. It's, it's, it's I mean that goes in similar with the Kingdom Hearts three ending. You know, you, yep. you have Sora rescue Kyrie. They're holding hands, they're like, looking at right, each other's we'll, eyes, we'll and let, then it's we'll like let them we'll let them hold hands. But I gotta kill him after, but pretty much. Yeah, that would be pretty funny to see what their reaction was to that to that particular thing after what they said about you know Nomura said about in Kingdom Hearts two. Yep. It's kind of like that thing where he's like, "All right, if you ask for something, I'm gonna, I'll give it to you, or, or I won't give it to you." But it's kind of like, "All right, you ask for it, I'll give it to you, but I'll make it worse." Right. It's like, uh, never ask Namora for anything. That's the moral of the story. Kind of like asking Sakurai. Yeah, exactly. Gotta watch out for that stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to think if like there's anything. Other than those that I'd want to ask, I guess, like, all right, here's, like, a real, like, odd one. I want to know what the weird car was that was next to Memory Skyscraper in Deep Dive. Because everybody said it was Mickey's Jalopy. Remember back in the day, like, on, like, the Kingdom Hearts forums they would always be like what is that car i know in the in the actual final version there's there's a truck there and i know i'm pretty sure there was a crash truck there in the yeah there was original cg but there was another thing next to it and i just want to know what it is 
Like, can we get the original? I'm sure the original data is like long gone and there's probably not a single computer out there that can run the software anymore that I, it would allow me to see it. But dang it, I want to know what that car is. Basically, who crashed it? Yeah, who crashed it? I want to, man, I would have so many questions related to Deep Dive. That's, that's probably like, okay, what was the original plan for Deep Dive? Why is. Why is there the guy that walks through the portal and he's got the the why is the portal a heartless sign? Why is it when Roxas pulls out his keyblade there's a heartless emblem on the floor? Uh why does that guy that walks through the portal why does he have an orange eyeball? Uh who was everybody originally in Deep Dive? Because clearly the people that they end up being in Kingdom Hearts 2 is is not who they were supposed to be. Like I'm I'm pretty positive. Okay, maybe he always had the idea that Riku would turn into a guy that looks like Ansem. Okay, fine. Maybe he always had that Riku Ansem idea. And then maybe that makes the guy that walks through the portal and then the heartless symbol shows up. Maybe that means that's Riku. Okay. I'll believe you there. I I follow you. But it ends up being Roxas in in Kingdom Hearts 2 actually. The other thing I want to know is why did you make Ansem the Wise a, a flippin' white guy with long hair when clearly when you look at him, when he looks like Diz, his face is Ansem. Like, the skin around his eyes, that's dark skin there. And he's got an orange eyeball. He looks like Ansem. He was definitely clearly supposed to pull that all off and look like basically I think he had this idea where everybody was handsome. Right. Just <laughs> he just did it to throw some throw everybody off. Pretty much. It was such a cop out when he actually like pulls off his uh his red bandana thing and then like darkness around his eyes like disappear and then he's got blue eyes and blonde hair and ugh that kills me. There's just parts about Kingdom Hearts 2 that make me angry. I'll just I'll just say that. I love Kingdom Hearts 2, but there's just parts that like frustrate me to no end. I I would probably ask mostly questions like that. All right. Well, I think that pretty much covers our questions for this episode. Our music for this episode is actually kind of a unique one this time. It's the first time we're having a cover that includes a cover of a pop song. So this is a remix by Jaina. So Jaina, J-V-N-A. She's a DJ and she's also a fan of Kingdom Hearts. She occasionally does Kingdom Hearts remixes. And we've actually had remixes from her on the show before. Um, But this particular one is a cover and mashup of Dearly Beloved. And that one song, Sweater Weather. I don't remember who makes that song, but I, I remember hearing it in America when I lived there. and. I know it's a thing. So she sings it. I'll just say you'll want to watch this on YouTube later because she this remix that she does, she's performing it live. It doesn't sound it, but she is, you know, she is a professional DJ. So she goes to clubs and like remixes stuff on the fly. And that's what this is. And it sounds awesome. Highly recommend it. Jane is awesome. All right. And our next episode of Kingdom Hearts is going to be the 7th of April. Wow. Right before uh right before seven remake, Chero. You excited? Very excited. I can't wait. I'm just like just give it to me now. I'm not gonna 
I, I, I'm just like kind of sad though. Cause like it doesn't see, I, I think you're probably in a similar situation. Like I, I don't think I can take time off around that time. So it, I'm hoping I can get it done over the weekend that it comes out. But if it can't, if I can't, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's going to be rough. I'm just glad that, uh, April 10th, that the day that it comes out, it's going to be, uh, you know, that that's a Friday. So at least we'll have the weekend to play through it. So that's what I'm hoping. Uh, so yeah, that, it, that covers that. Uh, as always, if you guys like the show, please subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And remember, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And send us your questions to KHUQuestions at gmail.com. All right, Churro, it is goodbye time. We did okay. it. Yes. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> Wake up, Churro. <sighs> Sorry, it's 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 late now, so I'm tired. Grandpa Churro's tired. Hey, I gotta get my wool milk in me. There you go. Sounds good to me. I think I'll probably go for some myself. Alright, uh, sounds good. Alright, everybody, wash your hands. Wash your hands, don't touch your face. Don't touch your face. Oh my Take god. Take care of yourselves. There's so many you people know. I I know I'm doing it too. But, like, I notice now. I don't know about you, Churro. I just notice people touching their face, and I can't help them to say, don't touch your face. Right? I I, I, I always avoid touching my face, even though I wear glasses, and I always have to push them back up on my face. It's a good idea. Yeah, but, yeah, everybody, wash your hands. Take wash care of Wash your hands. Take care of yourself. Stay away from people. Play video games. Stay home and play video games. That's a good... That, that, this is the one time where stay home and play video games is a healthy choice yes so, this is what they're 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 telling us to do so yeah stay home play video games churl recommend a very long video game to play for people persona 5 or persona 5 royal okay good good call i'm gonna recommend uh the entire f- first three games of phoenix Wright. they're very accessible and easy to play you can play the first episode of it for free on your iPhone but don't buy it on iPhone the iPhone version sucks get it anywhere else it's better uh also secondary uh recommendation Dragon Quest 11 you can get the demo of it for Switch for free and it is a huge demo that takes about 7 hours it's the first 7 hours of the game so and if you play through that whole demo your progress carries over to the actual final game if you end up liking it so if you have a switch dragon quest 11 demo it's free and it's a big chunk of the game and if you end up liking it and you want to keep going with it you you just buy the game and your save carries over ain't that great so that's my recommendation or get into an mmo like final fantasy 14 you will not be disappointed and that way you can be social if you want to exactly all right charles say goodbyes all right, bye guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you for always for your support. Yes, and I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. <laughs>